All right, welcome in Hot Grits Podcast, episode 153. Baseball is back, folks. Top four draft at the end, but first, plenty to get to um, on the primary side of the episode before Mike Anthony joins me at the end for the top four draft. We're talking baseball, we're talking Braves, NCAA tournament final four, Charles Barkley in the news again. Got lots to get to today. Let's get after it for a 153rd time. Hot Grits Podcast. I hate LeBron James. When God created Adam and Eve, the next thing he did was yell at the referee. But first, some sports. All right, episode 153. I'm Travis Chardon. Uh Final Four, happy Final Four week to you guys. Just kidding. We're not starting with the Final Four. We're not starting with San Diego State and Florida Atlantic, uh, even though I'm a big Owls guy. Everyone knows that. Uh, we're not going to start with UConn versus Miami. Not going to happen. Even though that's this weekend. We'll get to it. But it's baseball week, baby. Opening day on Thursday. The Bravos are back. They're heading north to Washington this week to start the 2023 regular season, as well as the rest of Major League Baseball on Thursday. Um, so, you know, if you're listening to this earlier in the week, either on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, happy opening day to you. It's a great time of year um, for a lot of reasons, but most notably for it being opening day. Now, as far as the Braves go, and, you know, well, let, let me do this quick. Braves, Cardinals, Dodgers, Padres, Phillies, Brewers. Those are the teams in the National League I'm picking. Braves, Cardinals, Dodgers. Padres, Phillies, Brewers. American League, Yankees, Guardians, Astros, Mariners, Blue Jays, Twins. Yankees, what is Cleveland called? The Guardians. Guardians, Astros, Mariners, Toronto, Twins. So there's my MLB preview. Now let's talk Braves. Let's talk Braves. They're second in some places third in some places, even as low as fourth in some places in terms of preseason World Series odds, roughly around plus 750. Um, So look, they're one of the favorites to win the World Series this year for a good reason too. But the thing about this brave season is that it's going to look weird to start, um, especially in the rotation. You're going to have Dodd and Schuster Going so like if you're listening to this and you're a Braves fan, you've you've already read about, you already know about. You don't need me to tell you that Kyle Wright's going to start on the IL retroactive to Monday, so that's March 27th, and he'll come back probably right there the first series, the first home series of the year, um, the second week of April basically versus the Padres. I think, I think that this Braves rotation is going to be good. And it has 
all of the talent in the world to do so. The thing is that this year, the spots four through seven, four through eight, four through nine even, are going to be needed. Like, they're going to need guys like Schuster and Dodd, for sure, to start at least. Um, Kyle Wright coming off the I.L. early, like we said. But then you're going to have to use at some point, I'm assuming, Ian Anderson. Mike Soroka at some point will probably have to log starts. If he's not, then it'll be somebody else from AAA or from AA to give you starts because I don't think that this rotation is built you know, to be bulletproof. Like You would expect Freed, Strider, maybe, probably Morton, Certainly Kyle Wright already. Like, you would expect these guys to spend at least a week, two weeks, three weeks on the IL at some point during the season. Like, Freed, if I remember correctly, he, he, the last few years, has spent time on the IL. Not a lot of time. But they're going to miss starts, and you're going to have to be able to at least get through those baseball games with some semblance of a chance to win. And so you're going to have to depend on the back end of the rotation a lot, I think. And I don't know if it's like that every year. Maybe it is. Maybe it's like that every season. But it feels a little different. Like, the Braves are really good pitching. They're really deep pitching. But how far and how deep will they have to go? Nobody expected Jared Dodd, or, I'm sorry, Dodd or Schuster or Jared Schuster. Like you you wouldn't expect Dodd or Schuster to be in the rotation at the end of last season. You weren't expecting the Braves rotation to look like that. Okay, you weren't expecting to have to depend on that. You were hoping, I think, Ian Anderson would come out and win the job, but he didn't. He got outperformed by both of those guys. And so now, you know, by virtue of that, they're starting. The thing about the shortstop Thing. Let me just let's cut to Orlando Arcia starting at shortstop. I don't have a lot of problems with that. I, I've been known to be an anti Arcia guy, but I get it. I get it if you prefer his stability at shortstop, especially to start the season. But when I hear Anthopolis and even some Braves media and some Braves pundits are suggesting that. The Braves took the 26 best men north or that they made decisions about things like shortstop based on who was better is a fallacy. That's not true. If you want to say that Orlando Arcia is better than Vaughn Grissom or Braden Shoemake at shortstop, I'm willing to have, I'm willing to listen to that. That's certainly reasonable. I don't agree with it. But if Snicker believes that, if Anthopolis believes that, fine. The problem is that you're not taking the best bench players out of camp to the big leagues this season. You're not. Because if that were true, Adrianza would not be on the Braves' opening day roster. It would be Grissom or Shoemake. But because they want Grissom and or Shoemake to get regular at-bats every day, they're sending them down. But that doesn't give you the best opportunity to win. 
We know that. It's not about Von Grissom's clock starting. His clock started last year when they called him up. So the idea that it has anything to do with, oh, they're trying to save money, they don't want him to be... That's, that would all be true if the Braves hadn't called up Von Grissom last year. And Shoemaker certainly isn't the type of guy that you worry about starting his clock. You know, having to worry about signing him to a monster deal three years from now. That's, he doesn't project as that kind of guy. So I don't know. I mean, overall, look, I'm fine with it. I think Grissom will be up soon enough. Hopefully it's not because of anyone getting injured or anyone playing poorly, but it's because he's playing so well at that level. I do worry about Grissom. He seems like the kind of guy that might, you know, that might start the year in the minors kind of dejected that he's there because he probably went to sleep every night thinking he had a real shot here to start the year with the big club. And, you know, that's a drastic change for a guy that's had a taste of the good life to go back to those buses and, and, you know, basically the minor leagues, as we all know, is a place that everyone is trying to leave while they're there. You know, everyone's trying to get out. It's kind of like Juco in college. Like, it's not a great place to be, especially when you had thoughts that you might not be there. If you know you're starting there, it's not, there's, you know, it's not bad. It's not like it's prison. But I wonder about a guy like Grissom if he starts slow this year because he is dejected to even be there. We'll see. That's one of the questions, obviously, shortstop. Some other stuff that that I'm looking for, especially in this opening series against Washington, starting Thursday, that's Freed versus Corbin, um, is what the Braves lineup will look like in the middle. What will the Braves batting lineup look like in the middle? Because, look, we know Ronald Acuna, Matt Olson, Austin Riley. There's your one, two, three. I think we also know that Michael Harris, Eddie Rosario, Orlando Arcia will be somewhere in that seven, eight, nine spot. Okay. So with that being said, now you have four and five and six. So what does Snicker do there? Is Ozuna going to back cleanup? Is Marcelo Ozuna going to back cleanup on opening day against the left-hander Pat Corbin? If you don't start Marcelo Ozuna opening day on Thursday, when do you start him? If you don't start him against a, uh, a lefty pitcher and he's a right-handed bat, so I would expect Rosario not to play opening day. Maybe he will. If Ozuna does play, is he going to DH? And if so, now you've taken Travis Darno's lineup or a bat out of the lineup. That's another thing. And it kind of goes in tandem with the left field rotation for Snicker. How is he going to manage that with Rosario, Ozuna? The Sam Hilliard guy is a nice bat. I don't know, you know, that he's necessarily a left field option. I don't he's not at all, to be honest, but he's a bat off the bench. Kevin Pilar is is really the guy that you have on the bench to be um you know to kind of spell if he has to. I, I would think he's 
the Heredia role, but playing a little more often. Maybe he comes in late, um, you know, as a defensive replacement. But the Braves, really, there's two spots they can't afford injuries is center field with Michael Harris and first base with Matt Olson. They don't really have a lot of options outside of those two. Like you, you would think, God forbid, if something happens to Austin Riley, you would think the Braves could adjust to that. You could plug Arcia in there at third, let Grissom or Shoemake play short. Uh, you, you know, you could do a couple of things there at third base. If Ronald Acuna, God forbid, were to go down again, you do like the depth in the outfield, especially with Arcia having at least a tiny bit of experience in left field. You know, you, you would think that you could play Pilar out there a little bit. You could work the DHN with Rosario and Ozuna and figure out a way to adjust to that. If something were to happen to Ozzie Albies at second base, you would think that Von Grissom could come up and do the job again. So there, And then a catcher with Murphy and Darno, you have the best tandem in baseball. So if either one of those guys go down for any amount of time, the Braves would be able to adjust to that. We know that they can adjust to the pitching um, injuries in the starting rotation and in the bullpen. And we'll get to the bullpen in a second. But Olsen and Harris have to be healthy all year. I mean, I would think Olsen has to play almost 162. I think he did play 162 last year. You know, not having Dansby locked in for 162 at shortstop will throw some things off because if you have to use Arcia, if you have to use Arcia somewhere else besides shortstop, I don't think you have an option every day. Like Adrianza could play there for a day or two. Okay, but there's, not a, there's not a guy on the roster that can play shortstop for a couple weeks. So if anything happens to him, or if anything happens to one of those other guys and Arcia has to shift, then Grissom or Shoemake are getting called up. So Adrianza being on the bench is not like he's the backup shortstop long-term. So the bench will be Adrianza, Pilar, Hilliard, and then Darno in all likelihood as the backup catcher. Um, but yeah, what are the Braves going to do at 4, 5, and 6 is interesting. Some tandem of Ozuna, Rosario, Albies, Sean Murphy. You know, if I had to guess, I would think Ozuna might back clean up opening day. That's crazy. It's crazy man, to think about that after all this. After all that. Uh, Freed's con- Max Freed's contract year, I think, is an interesting point. Oh, and just to circle back quickly. Man, I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere right now. To circle back quickly, the DH spot with Darno and Murphy is like, it's interesting because if Darno, it's again, it's a good problem, I guess, but if Darno has, has to sit out for Murphy to play and for Ozuna to be the DH, it, it feels sort of like a waste to have him you know, only playing maybe twice a week. I'd like to see Darno in three or four times a week. If possible. That's my ideal situation. Ozuna, twice a week. 
at DH, maybe Darno twice a week at DH, uh, and another time at catcher. Um, you know, I think Albies is probably going to have to use the DH spot a little bit early on. A lot of questions, but I mean, I, look, Brian Snicker has proven in the past that he knows how to do the job, and if the Braves don't get off to a great start, they've proven, especially last year, uh, that they can come back from deficits. But let's hope they don't have to do that. Max Fried's contract year is that th- this is the third straight season the Braves are starting with one of their core, key, essentially homegrown players. I say essentially. Um, in a contract year, you had Freddie Freeman, Dansby Swanson, and that's the reason for, for the essentially, uh, is that Swanson technically wasn't drafted by the Bravos. Uh, obviously, we know he was drafted number one overall by the Diamondbacks and then came over in that famous Shelby Miller trade. What a great trade. Um, so, And then now Freed. Three straight years, the Braves have had this hanging over their head but the difference being is that when the Freeman stuff was happening, you had Dansby there to answer the questions. When the Swanson stuff was happening, you, got, you had Freed to answer the question. But now that Freed's contract is up, who else in the clubhouse outside of him is the leader here? Matt Olson is not the guy that's going to be rah-rah. We know that he believes, that Olson believes that they're all grown men, that they don't need someone to cheer them on or to be a clubhouse leader, so to speak. Um, But I don't know if I buy that fully. I mean, you need someone to kind of stand in front of the locker and take some shots. Maybe it becomes Austin Riley. But, you know, we've talked about it in the past. That guy is not Ozzy Albies or Ronald Acuna. It's not Michael Harris. Uh, You know, Darno's a guy that's been there for a little bit. But... Acuna and Albie shouldn't be asked to play that role, and I don't think they will, but that's not their style. And it's, hard, it's difficult, especially when you're Acuna when you don't speak English. Like It's difficult to be considered the clubhouse leader of a team when you don't speak the language that's spoken it. You know, and Acuna, obviously, like... He, you know, it goes without saying, he's not the guy that's going to be the uh, model pro, if you will. I mean, it seems like Austin Riley's that heir apparent. For now, it might be Freed, but as far as position players go, it might be Austin Riley. Hopefully, Freed, uh, this is his last year as a Brave. I'm pretty confident in that. Hopefully, he can do something magical, help himself and help the team, just like Freeman and Swanson did. Um, so the Braves rotation to start the year, Freed, Strider, Schuster in the first series, Morton, Dodd, Freed at St. Louis in the second series, and then Strider will start the home opener Thursday, April 6th in Atlanta versus the Padres. Thursday, April 6th in Atlanta, uh, is a date because that's the date (laughs) that the Braves are having their home opener. It's also the date for the Masters. First round. First round of the Masters. Ever heard of it? A golf tournament down the road from Atlanta. Uh, So that'll be a busy, busy time for uh, Georgia sports fans. Sports fans in general, I would think. 
Um, all right, before we move on from the Braves, the bullpen quickly. Rysel Iglesias starting the year on the IL. More snicker decisions upcoming. Sounds like they'll go with a majority of A.J. Minter in the meantime. But, you know, they have options at the back end with Nick Anderson, um, the righty that came over. That He's kind of a dual guy. He can provide a little length, but he can also be that super back end type of arm. Nobody is going to be as good as Iglesias was projected to be, but hopefully they won't have to go too long without him. Uh, you want to err on the side of caution, obviously, with him. Uh, if he gets hurt this year, then that two-year deal that looks so great at the deadline last year becomes not so great. Um, that's another thing that, you know, the right-handed arms in the bullpen, they're still going to go with McHugh, Chavez, Anderson, um, and and you know, I don't know how many of those guys. We know McHugh and Chavez are not late inning guys. Jimenez is, is pretty good. I think Braves fans are going to like him. He throws hard. So they'll be counting on Nick Anderson now that Iglesias is out as well. And then Minter as a lefty. Do you want to use him, say, at a, you know, in a critical spot in the seventh? Snicker might opt to use Minter there instead of in the ninth. You know, all these kinds of different decisions. So we'll see. We'll see how they go. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the Braves to start. I'm excited for baseball to start. Can't wait for that. We'll talk more about it at the end of this episode with Mike Anthony on the top four draft. All right, before we move on, a word from John Carr sponsoring our Hot Grits podcast, Bracket Mania this year, our Bracket Pool, the March Madness Tournament. Um, our brackets, everyone's brackets just got destroyed. They got ruined. They were imperfect brackets, but John Carr is the perfect real estate agent and he can help you buy or sell real estate in the Savannah area today. Call him or text him 912-228-0916, 912-228-0916. You can find John Carr with Seaport Real Estate on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give him a call or shoot him a text if you're interested in the Savannah real estate market. Tell him the Hot Grits podcast sent you. And thank you to Johnny for sponsoring the podcast, Bowl or not Bowl Mania. What is it? The Bracketology Bracket Group, March Madness Bracket Group. Um, nobody had San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, Miami, and UConn as their final fours. Uh, I think one person, uh, Rock is the name of the entry has Miami as his champ. He's the only guy in the group with almost 40 entries in the group uh, that has Miami as his champ. He's the only guy that has his champion left. No one seeds, no two seeds in the final four for the first time in a very, very long time, maybe for the first time ever. I'll pick Florida Atlantic and give me Miami in the upset. UConn's rolling. Give me Florida Atlantic and Miami in the title game for all the marbles, dude. A, a, a South Florida showdown. And I'll go with the Hurricanes. I'll take the Hurricanes to win it all. Uh, Jim Laranega, their head coach, uh, just kind of has a lot of old guy vibes. Kind of the old guy in the dance as Florida Atlantic and UConn both led by Fairly young, vibrant coaches. I would not call Jim Laranega young or vibrant. I don't think he would refer to himself as that. Uh, I think the ratings are going to be brutal for that, as we know. 
Tough way for Jim Nance to go out, too, in his last Final Four. All right, speaking of hoops, we're going to stay in the hoops department. Did you guys see Charles Barkley on 60 Minutes Sunday night? My guy Chuck absolutely went off. He absolutely went off. We're going to talk about two clips um, from that interview here. So first I want to, like everyone, the second clip that we'll hear is the more important one. The first one is the one that got the most attention. The first one you've probably heard about by now. Charles Barkley was asked for his critique, his criticisms of Kevin Durant. Um, And for those who haven't seen it, the interview on 60 Minutes, he was asked basically like to give takes on different players. And one of the players mentioned was Kevin Durant. So what did Chuck have to say about Kevin Durant? You've heard it by now, but in case you haven't, here it is. He's very sensitive, great player. He's part of that generation who think he can't be criticized. He's never looked in the mirror and says, man, was that a fair criticism? We're in agreement. Today's players are, a little more sensitive to criticism than your That would be an understatement. So Chuck didn't, didn't mince his words. He didn't uh, hold back at all. What else is new? Barkley's not going to hold back. Saying that KD was sensitive. Part of that generation that thinks he's too good for criticism. You think KD was just going to let that slide? Hell no. So 60 Minutes comes on Sunday nights. I think it comes on at 8 o'clock. So the clip goes out on Twitter at 8.50 p.m. Eastern Time, Sunday night. Kevin Durant responds by 11.01 p.m. He didn't miss his chance. After hearing that from Chuck, KD tweeted, quote, This ain't getting tiring, Chuck. I'll never respect the words that come out your mouth, fam. Just deal with it. End quote. What a tweet, man. KD comes with the heat on Twitter. I love it. I agree with Chuck, but I love Durant's energy. Now we got to get him to put that energy on the court. Maybe win a title outside of Golden State. The second clip that I'm about to play right now from Charles Barkley caught me not off guard, but it's something I've never thought about. It's about the differences in the way that black players and white players in all sports but in the NBA as well. The differences between what they're asked by the media in terms of social justice and in terms of non-sports things. I just had never thought of it and I found it really interesting. Listen to this. Anytime something happened racially, they come to us. I'm pretty sure white reporters can run up on Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. What do you think? It's a really unfair double standard. We can't solve all the issues, number one, of the black community or in black America in general. Should we help? 100%. But every time something happens, they come to us like, number one, we got all the answers, and we do not have all the answers. But it's really unfair. They never ask white athletes the same questions. So Barkley was asked, you know, his take on this because... The interviewer on 60 Minutes had heard him talk about this before, but I had never heard that. A double standard, quote, unfair. 
people ask LeBron James about Black Lives Matter or about Trump or about Biden or about China or about anything. They ask him about all these non-basketball things. And sometimes they don't ask him. Sometimes he volunteers it. We know that. You know, my stance on LeBron's well established here. But they, like, when's the last time you heard a guy like uh, Mike Trout or, like Barkley mentioned, Tom Brady? Um, any of these guys, when's the last time you heard them asked about, like, race relations? They're not. They're never asked about that. And I don't know that they should be. Like, I don't know if I agree with Chuck. I just had never thought about it like that. You know, if you're going to say shut up and dribble, then don't ask the questions. If you're going to ask the questions about non-sports things to athletes, then you had better ask it to black athletes and white athletes alike. Right? So I don't know. I, th- I thought it was interesting. Certainly that's more important than Kevin Durant, but it got nowhere near as much of the play. Funny how that goes. All right, let's wrap up with some local notes real quick. The Savannah Showcase Senior Showcase basketball game is Wednesday night at Savannah High. The boys will tip off at 7.30 after the girls game at 6 p.m. Um, 24 boys players split into two 12-man teams that were drafted on Monday night at Savannah High. There are so many good players in this game. If you like high school hoop and you're in Savannah, go check it out Wednesday night at Savannah High. Uh, guys like Antonio Baker, James Leach, Shamari Hughie, Alfonso Ross, Karan Anderson, Zaire Edwards from St. Andrews, uh, K- or, um, Stefan Frazier from Benedictine. I'm leaving off, guys, but there's a ton of good players. So go check that out. If you get, if you get the opportunity, I mean, there, there's going to be a shit ton of points. I can tell you that. I can tell you that. My prediction for MVP of that game is Zaire Edwards. He's going to have something to prove, even though he's got nothing left to prove. Coming from GIAA, he's going to be playing alongside and against probably the best talent that he's played alongside and against in this city, at least, in Savannah, ever. Like, I don't know that he's ever played on a team or against teams that are as talented. It's an all-star game, so it won't be the same. You know. And again, he has nothing left to prove. Certainly not in an exhibition game, but it'll be fun to watch. Get out there and go check it out. You can check out the preview of that as well as the preview for this week's Calvary Savannah Christian Baseball Series, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, number two versus number three in the state, region rivals, as we know. They'll play Tuesday, Thursday at Savannah Christian, 5.30 first pitch, Wednesday, 6 p.m. at Grayson Stadium. Uh, for the middle game of the three-game set. I believe I believe that's right. Yeah, that is. Okay, Tuesday, Thursday, Savannah Christian, Wednesday at Calvary. You can read all about that and the Senior Showcase basketball game on connectsavannah.com. You'll find my preps notebook for this week. Also, some notes in there about GHSA Executive Director Robin Hines being extended um, and how his salary has increased pretty dramatically in my opinion. Go check out those numbers um, and see if you agree with me if it's a pretty dramatic increase. In seven years, uh, the number that his salary, his annual 
pay has gone from is pretty eye-popping, in my opinion. All right, now Mike, Anthony, and I will help preview the 2023 baseball season by drafting our top four MLB teams for 2023. We're going to do top four World Series contenders. So we're trying to pick the World Series winner with one of our eight picks. Enjoy that. We'll see you guys next week on episode 154. We'll talk Braves after their first two series in Pod or in um, Washington and St. Louis. And then we'll also help preview the Masters. Boy, Masters coming up. Great time of year to be a sports fan. NBA playoffs coming. Baseball starting. March Madness. The Masters. We got all of it, folks. Uh, so stay tuned with us for next week, episode 154. All right, top four draft now. See you next week. The Lady and Sons Restaurant, a segment sponsor here on the Hot Grits Podcast, 102 West Congress Street, Lady and Sons. You guys probably know the name, Paula Dean, Jamie Dean. Uh, They have their restaurant, obviously, at 102 West Congress Street, but then the store right next door, literally right next door, to the restaurant, also on Congress Street. Open seven days a week, 11 to 9, Monday through Thursday, and then 11 to 10 on Friday and Saturdays. 912-233-2600. 912-233-2600 is the number for Lady and Sons. Find them on Facebook and ladyandsons.com. All right, welcome back in. Top four draft. Mike Anthony joining me um, behind the podcast a little bit here. We've had some technical difficulties. What the hell else is new? It wouldn't be Mike and I recording without some technical difficulties. Uh, On this podcast and previous podcasts related to Georgia Southern, it's been like that forever. It feels like, Mike, you ready for baseball season or what, dude? Always ready for baseball, man. Okay, so we got top four draft. This one's a little different. We're going to do top four MLB teams to win the World Series this year. So we're basically going to try to pick out of eight selections. One of us hopefully will have the World Series champ. Um, So do you want to discuss anything before we start, Mike? Or do you want me to go ahead with the number one overall pick? I mean, only to uh, double down on what you just said. This is our reputations on the line. Everything else is subjective. Like this one, one of us has to get it right, right? Yeah, but I do think we've agreed on the last uh, three drafts. Like, I think you're two. I I think I won the first one. I really think I won the fast for your draft. And then I think you've won the last two. I'm coming into my own, you know. Yeah, the Cinderella draft was. um, That was close. I think the uh, what was the one before that? Not the fast food. The uh, the movie. The the movies that wipe the floor with you. Yeah, well, I fucked Moneyball with the number one overall pick was a mistake because I just misrepresented what you thought about that film. Yeah. Anyway, okay, I'm going. So my strategy here is that I know Mike would pick the picks that I would pick. So I have (laughs) to go Braves 1-1. I know that sounds homerish, but it's not like I think the Braves are going are the number one favorite if I had to pick one team to win the world series, I wouldn't pick the Braves, but they'd be in my top four picks probably. Mm-hmm. 
And I know you, and I know that you might fuck around and steal them with your number, with the number two overall pick. So I'm going to take Braves 1 1. Right now, they are plus 750. Um, these Pakoda or um, these odds, Mike, that I'll be rattling off uh-huh. are from St. Patrick's Day. So that's before Edwin Diaz, before Reese Hoskins. Sorry to Reese Hoskins, RIP um, to the <laughs> Philly season, but. R-I-A-C-L. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So Braves plus 750. That's my number one, one pick. Um, obviously, I think they can win the World Series. And I think, you know, they have all the ingredients, plus they've won it before. So Braves. You know, I give you credit. I think that you're getting a little bit more in tune with the way I think. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give it to you. Um, the Braves, while I am a Phillies fan, lifelong Phillies fan, and that makes me have to hate the Braves, I, as a, you know, taking my Phillies cap off, I like the Braves. They're they're a very likable team. I, I love most of the guys on them, maybe a little less since Freddie Freeman and Dansby are gone. But, I mean, that's a very likable team full of a bunch of hard-nosed baseball guys that know how to win. So, Cannot fault you at all for taking them 1-1. Would you have taken them with your second overall pick? No. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Uh, because I'm a betting man and I like betting odds, I'm going to go with the betting favorite. And, again, taking my Phillies cap off, as much as it hurt last October, they were the best team, and chances are they might be the best team again. I'm going to go Houston Astros. Yeah, Astros are fucking good as shit, dude. What else is new? I mean, I mean they lose Verlander, and somehow they're still just as good. Well, so they lost Correa, and they were just as good. I do not thing, know how they keep doing it, but they're just as good every year. One thing about the Astros is that I feel like playing in that AL West, and all of a sudden now, Mike, I don't know if the listener can hear this. All of a sudden, there's a baby next door, just screaming obscenities. Uh, this you can't make this shit up. I hate babies. Uh, I hate I don't kids. You're a baby. Uh, both of my kids are accounted for at um, daycare right now, so that is all on you. Can you not hear this? Violations I, can be made uh, uh, courtesy to Travis John, Savannah, Georgia. Don't you dare. You don't know my address. No, nah, I wouldn't knock you like that. Okay. Um, the Astros, I think, um, like playing in the AL West – it's so beneficial, I feel like. Everyone always says that shit about like, oh, to to be the best, you have to beat the best. Bullshit. That's not true. Like, it's easier to play in the AL West than the NL East, right? Well, well, up until this year, because now they're messing with the unbalanced schedules. Now you go back to a more balanced schedule. But I'm saying like, in order to win the AL West, one would think 88 games, 88 wins. Oh, no, you're, you're absolutely right. In past years, yeah, you beat up on the A's, you beat up on the Angels, and they still will. But you they don't have to worry to do about the A's and, and, and the Angels or even the Athletics. Or, I mean, or even the um, like Mariners are going to be okay, I guess. But like, you don't have to worry about all those teams every day. Like the Braves and Mets and Phillies, they can't afford to let any of the other three teams. I mean, I know the Braves came back from 10 and a half down last year, but – you can't afford to get six games back even as early as May and in April. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. But it, while, you know, teams like them will have fewer, you know, the Braves won't have to play the Phillies and Mets as much this year. And true. then you've got to counterbalance it with you don't get as many times to 
just, you know, take the Nationals outside the woodshed and beat up on them. It's true. I wonder about the Astros and the Rays, too. I don't want to step on picks here. Um, the limitations of the shift. I wonder about teams that are really, really sabermetrically inclined. Mm-hmm. Like if this sort of limits the advantages that they gained in those departments. I mean, I, that's probably overthinking it a little too much, but I, I do well, wonder about that. No, I think, you know, we played this game before, either before the season or at the all-star break even. And this year, I think it's uh, it, it's probably the most fun we're going to have because you have the, all those unknowns. Yeah. All right. Braves and Astros off the board. Um, second round here. Number three overall pick. Give me the Dodgers. I'm going to go Dodgers plus 800. According to this Astros, by the way, are the betting favorite plus 600. Um, yeah, they, you just pick the Astros in the National League. They, they've got all the talent every year, no matter how much they lose, they're going to have more new guys. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, people could see that from a, like to lose Altuve and for people not to really like panic about that. Like, I mean, that sucks, but like that doesn't really influence the way I think about the Astros. And that's saying something. Mm hmm. Um, so the Dodgers, like, that's my pick. Obviously, the NL West is going to be tough again with the Padres. You never know about the Giants. You know, they could have nobody talented on the roster and still win 100 games somehow. Um, that's a tough division, but they just have so much talent, Mike. And they're a team that I think is a lot like that Nationals team that won. Um, what was that, 2019? 19, yep. So when the Nash, you just felt like you had the right mix of like one or two young stars and then, you know, 32, a bunch of really good 32 year olds, like a bunch of really good veterans. And I, I feel like the Dodgers, I still take that rotation over anybody. Like I would take Urias, Bueller, Kershaw, Gonsolin, May. I would take that over anybody. And, and you know, I guess you could like who would even compare to the Dodgers rotation? Nah, it's the, tough. The Brewers? Yeah, I, I, the Brewers can run out of front line as good as anyone, but I don't think they have the uh, the hitting to back it up. Yeah, and I guess you could argue the Braves maybe like if you go Freed Strider, Freed Strider, Morton Wright, something like that. Um, so Dodgers plus eight hundred. I got Braves and Dodgers so far. Two senior circuit teams. Mike, the number four overall pick to you, sir. I'm going to go the same kind of track that we've been on here. Uh, you know, there's plenty of good talent, plenty of teams that might be able to come up and do something. But I'm going to go with what the stats say. I'm going Yankees. Yeah, it's a good pick. That was going to be my number. There, there's just the, – they're not guarantees. They're a little bit older, but there's just too much talent. And if that talent stays healthy – there was no one stopping the Yankees except for the Astros last year. And as much as I, you know, love my Phillies, if it wouldn't have been the Astros, it probably would have been the Yankees. Um, good pick there, Mike. The Yankees, uh, quick stat for you, a little nugget, Mike. I don't mm-hmm. want to make you record this podcast for free. You're an intern, as we know. You're working for free here. Um, but, I'm going to see I mean, I know benefits are off the table, but – Lunch. Uh, well, I think it's something we discussed at the you know the ninety day mark. Yeah, um, we got a quarterly yeah. meeting coming up. Or yeah, we'll see what the uh, we'll see what the bottom lines look like and what the yeah. returns are here. But I want to send you with something every time you come. So I'm going to give you a nugget here. You can put this one in your pocket. Here's a nugget: the Yankees for the last three seasons 
2022, and just before the start of this season, 2023, have had the exact same World Series title odds as the Atlanta Braves for three consecutive years now. Um, on Pakoda, plus 750 again for the Yankees, the same exact number as the Braves, which I found interesting. There's a nugget for I you. Can, I can believe that. The Yankees have had more star power, but the Braves have had more young talent, I would argue. Yeah, the Braves have have made good on the talent and the money that they spent. The Yankees have not. They fold every year in October. Um, but they're probably going to win the World Series this year. They're probably a lock to win the series. I couldn't imagine a, a scenario where they don't win the World Series this year. Well, that would benefit me very well in this scenario then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't lose. <laughs> uh, all right. Number five overall pick. It's a good pick there, Mikey. I got to go in with an American League team here. Um, there's one team left on the board with less than plus 1,000 odds. And I guess I should take that team. You can't. I'm going to go give me the give me the Padres. Give me okay. the Padres. Going with the money? Plus 950. I, like, I don't believe they can win the World Series, but I feel like you have to go senior. You have to go National League at some point, and I have to go AL at some point. Um, give me the Padres because, obviously, they have the talent, right, to win. Like, oh, absolutely. The roster certainly looks the part of a World Series winner. They've you done have everything to, their power to buy a World Series champion. Yeah, and you have to – it's sort of like the Mets um, the Mets syndrome here. If you remove the city and the team name and the colors and the, and the fan base. <laughs> right. If you just say Team X and put all their names and player and, and numbers down on a page, the Padres look the part. But they're the Padres. So – I don't foresee them winning the World Series, but they're the last team left on the board with less than plus 1,000 odds. They're plus 950 to win the whole thing. So I got three National League teams now, Mike. You're up with the number six overall pick. All right. Well, I'm going to take one more National League team away from you, and I'm going with my boys, the Phillies. And they don't stand a chance. Says I mean, you. They don't, I mean, they don't stand a chance, Mike. Says you. Mike, let me ask you this. Okay. This date last year, March 27th, 2022. Mm-hmm. Did you feel better about the Phillies then or better about the Phillies now? Oh, now, absolutely. There's, how? How could you say that with Hoskins and Harper getting hurt? I don't understand how you could say that. You realize that the Phillies made up more ground with uh, Harper on the bench last year with a broken thumb. That's when they made their run. Not saying that he was so the Phillies are like better without Harper. I'm just saying that they were able to win without him. And that they're probably going to be with him or without him for less time to begin this year. And yeah, Hoskins sucks. It, it sucks. But if you to to put the same question to you, who would you have rather had on the Phillies last year to benefit their chances in their playoff run? Reese Hoskins or Trey Turner? Trey Turner. And also they have Taiwan Walker. And also they signed a couple of arms that they didn't have in the bullpen. Yeah, okay. I mean, look, I think the Phillies are a playoff team for sure. I don't want to get too in the weeds. I know that we're more No, I hear you. Like Trey Turner, like that's a pretty big fucking deal, obviously. Um, And I expect them to make the playoffs. It wouldn't shock me if they 
won 90 plus games. But can, can we can we talk about how bad it's going to be to have to go into Philly and play them again? Did you see that last year? I know you did. How bad it's going to be for what? Anyone to have to go into Philadelphia and play a playoff game. Oh, I mean, we all saw that last year. Spencer Strider's eternal soul is still somewhere out there in the left field bleachers. Mike, Mike, nobody gives a shit about the National League Division Series. Not in Atlanta. I'm just saying people didn't handle it well. What happened? Listen, when the Braves reached the World Series and they faced what team? Who'd they play? Oh, when they beat the Astros, you mean? They beat the Houston Astros. They, when they arrived at the World Series, they took care of business. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. What happened to the Phillies? Well, I mean, they, they lost won, like, to the Astros. Yeah, no, you're right. The Astros definitely won. I'm just saying that the, it becomes sort of a Philadelphia thing, you know, with the Eagles. And, Citizens Bank ballpark was a damn problem for basically everybody who walked in there. What a dump of a ballpark. <laughs> Unbiased. Crab fries in Cobb County. Number seven overall pick here. Uh, my final <laughs> pick. Mike, give me the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm a Canada like guy. It. Always have like been. Um, the Blue Jays team, I like, forget the word good. They're so cool. They have so yeah. many cool players. Yep. Like we agree on that, right? I, I get that I'm biased with my Phillies, but I, I think that even if I was unbiased, I think that you could pit the Blue Jays and Phillies in a head-to-head battle in terms of both talent and swag, in terms of guys who are intimidating up at the plate. Um, yeah, just dudes. And I'll put the Braves in that conversation, too. Oh, the Braves are dude-heavy. They have – Yeah, all three of those teams, two-thirds of the guys that come up to the plate, you just don't want them to be up there. And again, dude, the Mets are the same way except for the fact that they're the Mets. Like if you – I think we've already come to the conclusion that none of us believe in the Mets. But it's not for lack of dudes, you know, but they're just going to Mets. Yeah, they always do. God love them. God they love always them. do. I mean, what what the Braves run them down from 10 last year? 10 and a half. Poor Sal Licata. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I and mean, then they I lose Edwin Diaz. You, you just feel bad for the whole fan base. You really feel sorry for him. Yeah, the, Philly, the Phillies got him in 2007 up by like seven games with 18 to go. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, another thing that's, that's another thing that's overlooked here is that like they didn't just get run down by the Bravos. Like the Phillies caught them too. You know, uh, like they, well, I mean, they the didn't Phillies pass them. Car, but yeah, they just get, no, no. Yeah. But Mike, they were there at the end. Yeah. Like if there were two more weeks, uh, the, well, the Phillies were there. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't but, know. No, the Mets did what the Mets do. They <laughs> they get to September and then they start watching football. I don't know, bro. You know they're gonna win ten of the first twelve this year. They will. Be, they always do. The April champs, dude. They might be up by five at the All Star break, but no one's gonna respect it. No, it'll just be uh, it'll be more of a win, not if. Um, all right, Mister Irrelevant pick for you, Mike. Number eight overall here. All right, I got two that I'm looking at. The longer shot in terms of the odds I'm looking at right now, I think I've got more recent odds than you do. Well, but we they're can both go through teams close. we like. 
in the honorable Minchies um, if that? you want. Like we can go yeah, through things yeah, that yeah, we that's, like. That's what I'm going to do. There's there's one that I believe in a little more, but there's one that I want to see win a little bit more. And I'm a sentimental guy, so I'm going to go with the one I want to see win a little bit more. And, I mean, you're a lifelong baseball guy like me, right? I would consider myself, yeah, a baseball guy. And, and you know, I know you like the Braves, but you're you're a Red Sox guy in the AL, right? I'm a Red Sox fan first and foremost, yeah. Right, yeah, you got to have an AL and an NL team, right? Yeah. And I've always had an AL team, and it was mostly because it was one that was way far away from my Phillies that was equally as bad as my Phillies most of the time, so I would never have to root I, against them. I think I know where and you're going. And they also have the coolest guy that's ever played the damn game. So you know where I'm going? Oh, my going? God. Oh, my God. Say it. Seattle Mariners. Holy Christ, bro. You're going you're gonna to use them. They're on my um, favorite teams this year, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't pick them. They're Man, so fun I, to root for. I wrote it's down fun. like 15 teams, their odds to win the World Series in prep for this draft, and I did not write down the Mariners. Seattle's, Seattle's such a cool town. Griffey's the greatest player I've ever seen play the game. The colors are kind of weird and cool. Ichiro was great. I had to come around on him, but I like him now too. Oh, dude. The, what about the uh, – was it 2001, that team? Like the oh, great, yeah, like, the 116-win team. Oh, my God. Edgar, uh, Edgar Martinez. All on steroids, uh, Brett Boone. <laughs> oh, dude. Brett Boone led the league in forearms that year. <laughs> led the league. <laughs> the second baseman that just happened to hit, like, 50 home runs for no reason. Oh, a 238 career hitter with, like, uh, 19 long balls in four oh. seasons. Now, this isn't a top four draft, but someday in the middle of summer when we have nothing to do, we should go back and put the parameters like 94 through 2000 and go with all home run guy that wasn't a home run guy, but that was a home run guy for one year at each position. Oh, yeah. Just the steroid second base. Yeah, because somewhere out there is a guy who was the best ever steroid user. Oh, and by I that mean, I mean like the guy that elevated himself. Not not to step on picks, but Brady Anderson starting out in right field for you. Oh yeah, no, he's a great pick, dude. That guy was a bumski, and then he became like a fucking all star. <laughs> um, all right, Mariners, good pick. So Travis, Braves. That could Dodgers. be our home run derby episode. We can do that. <laughs> okay. Uh, Braves, Dodgers, Padres, Blue Jays for me, Mikey. Astros, Yankees, Phillies, Mariners. For you, I'm confident that we have the World Series winner. I think somewhere, we do somewhere in there. Um, you, let's the Mets do, cannot be, get it done, no matter how good they are. They cannot get it done. Um, let's do teams we like quickly before we wrap up, and then I'll just say a couple of teams I like, and if you have thoughts, you can, sure. And then we'll just do that. Uh, Cardinals, I just always love their roster, dude. They just always have good players. They're always good. I. I you know the Even when they're are, not, they find a way to get in, and that's all you need to do. They're plus two thousand, Mike. That's what I'm to, seeing as well to win the World Series, which is feels like deserves a little bit of coin. I, I don't understand why the Rangers. I get why they would be long shots to win the World Series, but most projections have them nowhere near the playoffs. They're plus yeah. five thousand yeah. to win the World Series. Degrom, Seager, Simeon. Or Simeon Eovaldi. Um, I mean, they have dudes there as well. 
Well, but that's what it is. They're banking on four horses to carry him the whole way. They've got Seager to hit the ball. They don't have much else in the way of offense. And if any of those arms goes down, then that's just tanked right away. Yeah, I like the third baseman there, Josh Young. Uh, but I guess I would say that I would take the Rangers, if we're doing a draft, at teams that I expect to overachieve. Yeah, uh, no, I, can, I can see that. Uh, and then one more team, like Baltimore to me is has a lot they're in your, place. They're oh, your for For sure. And again, like they're Baltimore. So, Well, that's the thing is I think that their development's great. If they could buy one or two guys or trade for one or two guys, I think that they'll jump up there real quick. Yeah, the catcher too, Adley Rushman. I mean, he, he yeah, and you got uh, what's his, Gunnarsson? Gunnar Henderson, yeah. Gunnar Henderson, yeah, there you go. Which is a quality, quality name. Uh, Seth Mullins. Like, an entire person's name, but it made it shorter and more efficient. Yeah, they still don't have any <laughs> pitching, and I know their top prospect, Grayson Rodriguez, on Monday was optioned down to AAA. He was thought to be like a lock for that rotation. But yeah. Cedric Mullins, Santander, Mountcastle. Yep. Uh, Mountcastle? They, they got pieces, yep. Is Mountcastle still there? I do not know if Mountcastle's still there. He'll always just be Trey Mancini to me, except for Trey Mancini had cancer. That's the only thing that set him apart. <laughs> Can I say that? I mean, it happened. Okay. That's a lot. And he right? recovered, and he's still in the big league. So, yeah. And I'm an anti cancer guy. People know he, that. Yeah, yeah. And he's making more than you are this year. So, I don't think that you're really knocking him down any. Good point. In any form. It's a good point, Mike. Back of the baseball card. Uh, you, got any, you got any teams you like? Yeah, I've got uh, probably the one that I was hung up on on my fourth pick. Went with the Mariners, but the other one that I could see doing some damage, Cleveland. Oh, the Guardians are sick, dude. They're another cool team. Oscar Gonzalez, dude, he's a nice he's a nice outfielder. Miles yep. Straw. Um, Shane Bieber might be like the most overlooked starting pitcher in the league. And and they've got a guy coming up that's going to be one of the top uh, arms in the next year or two, straight out of Statesboro, Georgia. Who? You don't know? Wait. In Cleveland's organization? Yeah, he was the first overall pick, uh, what, maybe three, four years ago? Out of Georgia Southern? No, out of Statesboro, Georgia. Oh, no, I know. Yeah, I forget his name. What's his name? Uh, it was – hang on, crap. I forget his name. I thought you were talking about out of Georgia Southern. I wonder if that guy um, that was from Valdosta, his name was Seth something? Uh, I forget that. But I, I can report Shooter. back on uh, the Guardians. Daniel okay. Espino. Oh, Okay. Lanky yeah, right-hander, he sits at about 97, 98. He's touched 101. I can tell you from experience from writing an article about him that I got to take some, uh, not live VP, but got to stand in and watch some of it. And, yeah, it's it's tough. <laughs> no, no, you're going two for five. You're going two for four at least, Mike. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, of course. You know me. Yeah, what were you, a four-time Sable All-Star? Sure, why not? <laughs> Nobody has stats on that. Hell yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Happy baseball season, folks. Uh, we'll see you next week. Stay safe. Wash your hands, you filthy animals.
Savannah's premier indoor baseball training facility, SBPA is owned and operated by Ross Howard, and together with instructors who have played college and professional baseball, Ross and SBPA offer customized instruction year-round for baseball and softball players, full-length batting cages, pitching mounds, and a state-of-the-art technology to measure improvement are just a few of the highlights over at the Academy. Call Ross at 912-484-5282 and visit the Savannah Baseball Performance Academy on Facebook for programs, teams, camps, and more information about how to take advantage of this great venue. Savannah's only year-round indoor baseball facility, Ross Howard, our guy, give him a call, 912-484-5282.